Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Booksmitten. We are here. We're happy. We are human, and we're super hot because it's been, I don't know what the weather's been like in the 90s here in Michigan, um, at least Southeast Michigan. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, your Booksmitten crew is here today um, to talk about story questions again. And we are, um, we're here actually without our, one of our co-hosts, Patrick, who is away in sunny California um, soaking it up. Um, but, uh, I, I'm Jack Chang. I'm here with Heather Shoemaker and Kelly J. Baptist. And, um, yeah, we're just going to dive right in into talking about, um, the, the drafts that we have written of our own picture books and, um, uh, last time's homework of, uh, thinking about applying what we learned from the previous episode around story questions to our own drafts. Um, how, how do y'all feel about that? That's great. Yeah. This is um yeah. I felt I feel like less daunting than when we actually um will need to share. <laughs> yeah. from the draft. So, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um same here. So, um because Patrick isn't with us today, I'm going to just play um he he made a little recording about his experience doing this exercise. So, I'm going to play that for us all and we can go off of that. Hello all. This is Patrick um, calling in uh, from a picnic table on a breezy, warm <laughs> morning, poolside uh, from Southern California, uh, where we're celebrating my father-in-law's birthday. Um, wish we could all be there together, uh, but uh, happy to have this way to call in and, and be a part of the pod today. Um so I focused this week on my story question and answer, and um, I think the results were interesting. So my question is, how will Maddie uh, overcome her fear and embarrassment to answer a question in class? So the answer I have for now is with the love and uh, support of her family and friends and classmates, I guess I should say, and teacher. Um, I think I would, I will be going for a more zany, fun, quirky answer, I think, or something deeper and more personal to Maddie. But for now, um, that answer with the support of her loving, uh, family and classmates and teacher, uh, got me, pointed me directly to, uh, the weak link in my story, which I thought was kind of cool. So I didn't think that was deep or, or, uh, satisfying enough the way I had it. So, um, so I'm like, okay, I, I have to, I have to focus on the part of my story that this that this story answer uh, claims uh, because it's kind of the most important thing. So um, I had this student, Maddie, uh, if you recall from last time I read a little portion of the story, um, it's this student, Maddie, who uh, has answered some silly some questions in silly ways previously in the past and she's been laughed at and she's decided she's never going to answer a question again. So based on my story answer, here's my rewrite for this one section of my story. Um, so um, Maddie realizes the teacher's asking every single student in class a question, the, the same question. And when she does that, uh, this is where the story starts, the part that I'm reading. Maddie slipped off her chair and under her desk, she closed her eyes. She took the deepest, most calming breath. She opened her eyes and poof, 
Grandma Nan was there. You're so clever, Ms. Maddie. Everything you say, so creative. Then her pooch named Patty, who licked at her face and sat in her lap, and her mom and her dad, who looked at her with love. You're filled with so many amazing ideas. Just let them hear this one. Hmm, thought Maddie. Maybe mom and dad and Patty and Nan are right. Maybe I am filled with amazing and creative ideas. Nah, she thought. They're just saying that stuff because they love me. Thanks for the effort, people, Maddie said. But when it comes to answering questions in class, I never will. And with another poof, they all disappeared and were replaced by Jasmine and Bill, two classmates who were referred to earlier in the story. We're sorry we teased you those times, they said. We laughed and we made you cry. Not all your fault, said Maddie. I said some super stupid stuff. No, you didn't. And you won't this time. They both looked at Maddie and asked, What do you got? I forgot the question, Maddie said. What did Ms. Paul want? She wants to know what we want for the party. Maddie thought and she thought and she thought. Lean in, whispered Maddie. Listen and tell me if this one's ready. Maddie whispered her answer in their ears. Jasmine and Bill smiled and gave a big thumbs up. Okay, said Maddie, I'll do it. But I'm not going up there alone. Bill and Jasmine each took a hand and helped her to her seat. Maddie took a deep breath, lifted her chin, opened her eyes, and this is what she said. So that's the section. I think it's way too long. Um, (laughs) but, uh, But I just threw the beats in there that I thought that it needed in order to answer that story question, in order to give uh, Maddie a reason to uh, to answer the question. So that's what I've got, you guys. Hope you're all well. And uh, a big congrats to Kelly for her book uh, coming out recently. Yay! Yay! All right, um, <laughs> bye, you guys. And next time, uh, we'll see you there on the pod. All right, bye. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, good to have Patrick with us. (laughs) Yes, and that was very lyrical, Um, especially Mm -hmm. the beginning of that, how he read it was very, it flowed well, it was very lyrical. I like that. Very cool. Yeah, you can always tell that what Patrick touches has a lot of heart. For sure. Yeah, definitely. You can't separate heart, so that was fully there. Um, Yeah. I found it was fascinating that he had this insight that, that just the simple act of answering the story question pointed out the weak link that he hadn't been thinking about. So it it really helped him progress in his story. Sounds fantastic. Did you guys start off with story questions in mind or did you write first and then go back and think about the question? Yeah, I wrote first. Yeah, same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, for, For me, it was kind of like the, like, it was almost the, I had a story answer in mind before I even started writing. And then, and then it was then, yeah. And it's like, like I mentioned last time, my process is much more haphazard. It's like less sequence and it's sometimes just a jumble of, you know, a jumble of words on a page. Um, But that's what, you know, that's what rough drafts are for. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. At least for me um, is to, to kind of like, you know, get everything in my head onto a piece of paper or onto a, a page on the screen. And then um, after that's done, then start sorting through and structuring mm-hmm. it. Right. I almost thought uh, there was a lot of big topics that came up in this very small question of story question and answer, because one is, uh, I think it can be a little dangerous perhaps to do a story question for it 
um, maybe someone who's new at writing books, because I think a lot of new inexperienced writers might go on the preachy, um, I'm going to send a message, with, a message, especially with a picture yeah. book. And so the story question is almost getting to those messagey things. And in Anne Whitford Paul's book, she talks about, okay, folks, this isn't actually going to go in the story. It's something to keep in your mind, something to keep in your heart. And I can do that. I, I keep those ideas in my heart when I write my novels. But I think it can be a little distracting, maybe, if you're not used to the difference between putting that message right there on the page versus just something to keep in the back of your mind. It might be a little tricky for people to navigate that. Mm, that's a good point. I think when you ruminate on it and you think about it um, in your mind, it will naturally come out in the way it needs to, which is not this um, overt in your face, you know, mm -hmm. make sure you eat your vegetables. But right. you'll get the theme kind of hidden in there um, once you have thought about it so much. I think that's the benefit to, to doing it that way, as you say, Heather. Yeah, yeah. And it was also interesting that when she had some examples in her book about answering the question, and they, they came out sounding like a book jacket. You know, they, they mm -hmm. just sounded very specific mm -hmm. and introducing a character and a complication and a sort of a resolution all in one sentence. And that was interesting because I, I was sort of tending at first to get a little vague instead of trying to do that whole little, this sounds like the back of a book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think with my question, I did indeed start kind of broad and vague. And as soon as I started hearing Patrick's, I said, oh, he's really specific. How can I get, you know, maybe I need a, a more specific question as well. Now, I think what we all ask to begin with is, you know, what story are you trying to tell? What are you trying to say? You know, what mm -hmm. what is the point of what you're writing? And I think that's where I started. And so that kind of springboard into themes. And, you know, I know I like writing about community and um, support and the the power of of family and someone making a difference and I think it started real broad as that with my question and I thank you Patrick because then I was like okay so I can get more specific how much difference can one person really make mm -hmm. I think that was that's a central part of my question for this story mm, yeah mm. and and the tentative name of your story was something about um, one person moving in to a yeah. neighborhood. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Robin, kind of helping to... Robin in the, Rob in the hood, Robin right? in the hood, yes. Robin in the hood. Yeah. Yes, Rob <laughs> in the hood. Yeah, so... Um, with that, I didn't do uh, a rewrite like Patrick did, which I think was amazing. Um, but with that question, what can one person really do? I think one person can do a whole lot. And then when they're beginning to connect and influence and... Um, inspire others, then that reach goes even further. And so that's that's kind of where I got into. And that helped me with the ending um, mm. to try to point that out. Like, yeah, mm. you can have someone sweep in and, and do all of these things and build things and clean things up and, and whatnot. But the real lasting change or transformation comes when mm. they connect with other people and those people catch the dream or catch the fire and start to um, mm. be a part of it as well. I, you know what? I got a vision when you were saying that helped you with the ending. Mm -hmm. I got a visual picture of 
you know, I have no idea how you're going to end this story, but I can picture the illustrations showing that ripple effect and just all these good things continuing to happen just in the pictures on the last two page spread or something. Yeah. 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 That's kind of the same vision. Um, Oh, wow. (laughs) I can read like a sentence. We rake leaves in the fall, shovel snow in the winter. Nothing's perfect in our hood. Some people still litter and argue and play music too loud. But Rob reminds them, so we do too, all of us. And he's right. We got the best block in the city. So I think that helped me to shape the ending. Like, yeah, one person might have sparked it, but it will really be powerful um, as it inspires other people. And they're getting Mm -hmm. involved. This is the first time I've written something without like a specific character. So that was Ah. kind of hard for me. Like it's, whose story is it kind of question. I had that too. So I kind of approached this with three questions. Whose story is it? Because there's not a, oh, Katie, there's not a uh, Jonathan. It's just, it's just kids, you know, who Mm -hmm. are watching what's happening. So that was kind of different for me. So the main character really is the we, meaning the It's the we, kind of more we. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's kind of more the we. uh Yeah. Even from what you just read, Kelly, I just had this this sense of, you know, something big had happened in the story that it was, you know, some transformation that had mm-hmm. taken place. Um, yeah. So yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. For for me, last time I actually didn't share much of, um, you know, what I had written just because I, I think I mentioned it was just a jumble of words. Um, so I can I can talk a little bit about more about it um, this time around. And, uh, you know, before we started recording, Heather and I were talking a little bit about just how um, nerve wracking it is to like share something like this, especially like something like a picture book in an environment, uh, you know, that's like out in the open. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Because like a part of me is like, oh, like what if someone takes my idea? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like and so, um, yeah. So so I I think, you know, just going back to, to what we said last last time is that, you know, everyone can kind of like start with the same seed of an idea or even the same story question and end up in a completely different place, right? Right. They can come up with a completely different answer um, for that question. Um, So uh, with that uh, in mind, um, uh, so the, uh, the picture book, idea that I've been working on um, actually um, is one that I've been working on together with my partner, Julia. Um, It was uh, one of her observations um, that kind of like was the seed of this idea. Um, And it's uh, basically around um, uh, the kind of uh, love-hate relationship we have with fireworks and around the 4th of July. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So this started with, you know, we have a dog. Um, He's very shy and anxious to begin with. And, um, you know, when there are fireworks, he goes and hides in the closet. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, so I can, I'll read the first um, few lines of it. If I can pull it up here. All right. So they go. I love the lights and colors, how they dazzle, flash, and fade. They look like flowers. I love the sounds, surprising and loud, the whistles and booms and crackles and sizzles. I hate the lights and colors, bright and harsh. They confuse night and day. 
I hate the sounds, bangs loud and sudden, that I can't see or escape. Mm-hmm. And and so on to, to kind of, you know, it, it, it the, the story flips back and forth between these multiple um, perspectives. And and the 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 question is like, how can two sides reconcile their differences? Mm-hmm. Um and it's all um, for some reason, you know. My instinct was to just like you know when when we were like um, talk when Julia and I were like talking about this and you know thinking about a rough draft. Like like I was the one who penned the initial rough draft, and my instinct was to just make it first person. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, I thought that that was you know first person, but but at the same time, like like. Similar to, I think what what you're you're doing with your story, Kelly. It's a first person where it, like, it's a di- it's different folks that are saying those words yeah. each time. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah. So I, I think uh, you know, speaking about like story questions, this was a case where like I, I already I'm not gonna give away the how the, the the answer to that story question because I I feel like the the whole like the book hinges on it and um and I'd like to think that it's like a really surprising answer um but like but that was something that is like that was sort of the 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 lighthouse in the distance that mm. you know we were steering our ship towards but you're really getting at that story question of how can yeah. people with really opposite opinions yeah come together on something or reconcile in some way and using fireworks as that vehicle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. And yeah, you've got sizzling language going. Yes. <laughs> For sure. You're, Kelly you're, was <laughs> pricking up her I ears. love it. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. And your illustrator is going to have a blast. No pun uh-huh. intended at all. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I can, I can, visualize some things in in my head too. And and that's a really good point. Um, You have the audience of people who love it, look forward to it. And then audience people who don't. Um, Mm -hmm. My dad served in Vietnam. He never goes with us to to see fireworks. So you think about veterans and what that might trigger and everybody else is laughing. Yeah. Yeah. It was so beautiful. But you know, you might uh, be triggering something for someone else. So I, yeah, I like the premise and, of and this. And from a, um, a young child point of view, fireworks are a pretty big deal in a young yeah. kid's life. Yeah. And often they get to step extra late or you go mm-hmm. out in the dark. And yeah. all this. But still mm-hmm. with inside the single child, just one child, you can feel both ways. It's too loud. Mm-hmm. It's too and loud it's, scared. and scared. And it's beautiful. So yeah. even those opposing viewpoints are very um, relatable yeah. within each child, not just two different people. Yeah. And, and I think like, you know, maybe I'm getting a little bit of a, a, ahead of myself now, but like just thinking, like thinking about, you know, when you're writing about a subject that I imagine has already had a lot of picture books written about it. Um, or maybe, you know, maybe not. Um, but, but just like thinking about, yeah, it's like even going back to that question of like, you know, even if we start with the same idea and the same premise, like what, unique thing am I bringing it to the table from Mm. my own experiences? Like, how Mm. can I present this in a way that is like, you know, when you, when you read the whole book and like, you're maybe like familiar with me or familiar with my other work, you're like, Oh yeah, that's like very Jack. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm 
um, or, or Barry, Jack, and Julia, if you if you know you know us as a couple. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so uh, really excited, and also I'm really excited to just be collaborating with my partner on this and yeah, and cool, working with yeah a co-author. That's it's a good awesome. test of a first year of a marriage, right? To create <laughs> yeah. a partnership. Can yeah. you write a book? <laughs> well, we're we're in our second year now, so we oh, made it past no the problem. first year. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Excellent. Yeah, it's lovely to get a peek at your book. So mine is um, the zany grandpa who laughs his head yes. off story. Uh-huh. Um, so when I was thinking of a story question, I thought just very literally, what happens if grandpa's head really falls off? But a lot of the examples in the mentor text we're following are more at that bigger level. So I, it's not exactly deep, but what happens when we take um, idioms literally? Mm. So because then it can actually, you can think of another story where we talk about a certain idiom that we just throw around. When kids are, when young kids are learning language, some of these idioms they find extremely odd and they don't know what to do with it when they're first encountering the language. And so it really tickles their funny bone. I think what well, tickles mine anyway, when you, when you take these literally. So I guess my, my revised story question is more broad. What happens when we take um, funny idioms literally? And I ended up just with a kind of a, a book blurb answer, which is when grandpa laughs his head off, it rolls out the door and he and his head have a set of ticklish adventures before they are reunited. (laughs) That's awesome. Yes, that is jackety. Very good. (laughs) That's cool. And I am actually not sure if grandpa is my main character or his head is my main character Mm. because they would end up having very different adventures if they're separated. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of a a split personality question, but it is, there may (laughs) be just two, two characters, two main characters here. Very cool. Mm. That, that reminds me of um, something we talked about in a previous episode about how these story questions don't have to be about a character. They can be about, Mm. you know, other things like in Patrick's case, right. it, It is very much about sort of the, the main character, but, you know, in my case, or, or even like, yeah, in yours, Kelly, like it's, it's about, you know, the neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? Or it's about like a, maybe like a person who is the, the object of attention of a bunch of different folks in the neighborhood. Um, and yeah, and, and it's, I, I, I think that's, that's another reason I like the, the story question framing, um, of this because it can, you know, especially in a picture book, there there can be like these bigger questions that we can be asking and answering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I found it interesting that I think um, focusing on the story question and answer may help me more in revision because uh, talking about you can go through your picture book line by line and say, hey, does this actually relate to the bigger story question and answer? Or if I gone off track and gotten distracted by some fun words or sort of a side story. So I think it may help during the, the future process of um, keeping keeping me at least on track. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Jack, do you want to tell us what we're up for next time? Yes. So for next time, our homework assignment is to read the next chapter, chapter three of uh, Ann Whitford Paul's writing picture books. Um, the chapter is called Telling Your Story, Part One. 
Um, and it is about point of view. So uh, I mentioned earlier mm. that it was my instinct to kind of like, you know, to do that first draft in first person, um, uh, you know, in uh, the, the telling your story chapter of the book. Um, and Rufford Paul talks about narrative voice and third person and, you know, first person lyrical, second person. Um, and so the homework assignment is to, to read um, the chapter. And then um, there's an assignment at the end of the chapter, which is to rewrite your story's opening paragraph in at least three different forms than the one Ooh. that you currently have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, so I, I think that could be an interesting exercise that, you know, you might do it and discover that, oh, wow, like this story, like feels, you know, feels like it might need to be told in a different, like, point of view, or you might read it and discover that, no, it's like my first instinct was like the right way to go. So um, I think it will be useful either way. We'll stir mm-hmm. things up anyway. Yeah, yeah, it will. Might springboard for another project. Like, I'm yeah, going to try right. that point of view for <laughs> something else. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Well, speaking of next projects, while we're all <laughs> meandering through writing our, our first picture books, we have um, Kelly J. Baptist has another book out. We are so oh, excited for you. I'm especially Ooh. excited because it takes one of my favorite of your characters, Isaiah Dunn, and brings him back to readers. This new book is called Isaiah Dunn Saves the Day. It's a sequel to her first Isaiah Dunn book, and it came out August 2nd from Crown Books. Kelly, we are so thrilled for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. I'm in a whirlwind. Um, I forget (laughs) things, but I appreciate you guys. that you remember and that we're able to celebrate things together. So yeah. So tell us about the book. I know Isaiah is back. Yay! (laughs) He can't stop talking. So I listen, I listen when he does. Um, And he's back, you know, kind of in a different role. He was, he had to learn how to get help from his community um, in the first book um, and that he didn't have to be the only hero or hero all the time. And now in book two, Isaiah has a mentee. So he he has the privilege of now um, sharing some of the things that he's learned with a younger student who is struggling um, with some of the mm-hmm. some of the same things. His his mentee um, misbehaves, um, and his mentee cannot read very well. And Isaiah mm-hmm. doesn't know that at first. He doesn't know that's why they're paired. But he has a, a chance to still put on his superhero cape um, and continue to learn from his community. But just to pour it into somebody else. Lovely. So I'm dying to know now that you've written a book with the same main character back again, you know, his same family, same community. What's it like to start a second book with just familiar faces as, as a writer? Um, it, it is both challenging and easy at the same time, if that makes sense. Um, what made it easy for me is obviously having uh, a book to reference and something I did very often was listen to the audiobook to write oh. the next one. That was very helpful. So mm. um, from the short story, I listened to that one to write Isaiah Dunn is my hero. And then listen to that one to write Saves the Day because it just helps me to get back into his world. And I had to take notes as well. There's certain <laughs> things that I didn't remember. It's in date format. So I had to make sure I was consistent with that. Um, so those were kind of the more challenging parts. Did I have them do this already? When was his birthday again? Yeah. What was the classmate's name? You know, just mm-hmm. so that it is consistent. 
But other than that, just the feel of the character, it was good to bring um, some familiar faces and introduce new ones as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, fantastic. We are so thrilled for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So... I think we've had a fun time today and we've accomplished a lot. We've covered a lot of ground. You guys have your homework. So hopefully you're inspired and you're on this journey with us. Please feel free to to reach out. Give us um, a like or tell a friend to listen in wherever you listen to your podcast. We appreciate that. And until next time, this is Kelly J. Baptist with Jack Chang, Heather Shoemaker. And yeah, you guys still got to hear Patrick Flores Scott join us. We have Book Smitten and we will see you next time on The Bookshelf. Bye-bye. Bye.